Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning into this episode of Time to BS Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to check out more shows at Unhinged Sports Network, like Air Raid Attack, The J Dash Morning Show, The Far End of the Bench, and much more. That's unhingedsn.com. It's time to BS, a U Stadium podcast. Hello, you sexy individuals. Hope you're enjoying your Friday here on Unhinged Sports Network. It is week 13 of the NFL season this weekend, since there was no Thursday night football on yesterday or tonight, because we're doing this on Instagram Live also. But who gives a shit? I'm here. Mike is here. Ryan has come back from the grave for two shows in a row. And joining us... Uh, from the Unhinged Sports Network family and from Far End of the Bench podcast. Jimmy, what's up, dude? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. It's going to be uh, Nico and I are kind of regimented in our shows, and, and I went on Mike's podcast last week and talked yeah. a whole bunch about football, but uh, I'm excited to do something like this because I know you guys are a little bit looser and, and talk about a whole bunch of stuff, so yeah. I'm excited to be here. We're, we're kind of free-ranged. Who gives a shit? <laughs> we're yeah, free we, yeah. um, <laughs> We're free range. Who gives a shit? But we talk sports and basically whatever the hell comes to mind, you know. But uh, we got a loaded show today. Loaded, dear lord. Uh, one thing's for sure. Uh, did anyone see the Jake Paul Nate Robinson fight at all? I mean, I, saw I the didn't know, but I watched the highlights. That was complete joke. He <laughs> fought as worse as the nearest Knicks organization. Oh god. Or we can I argue the it. Jets too. We can argue yeah. the Jets also. Are still pretty bad, but yeah, the Jets, the Knicks, fuck, who cares? The Islanders, as I'm an Islander fan. I was one of the unfortunate people who didn't stream it. I bought the pay per view, and I didn't realize that I was buying half of the boxing fight and half of the concert. (laughs) I mean, it was it was at least entertaining, but we have the first fine of the night, like not even two minutes in, and it goes to Jimmy, of all things. what is, what is, you didn't what stream the fight. Oh, well, you of all people. They were fighting until we all went in the group chat and started talking about it. Oh boy. Oh well. It was Nate Robinson. I didn't miss much. Yeah, Nate Robinson, back-to-back slam dunk champion. That's Former Denver Nugget. Did he win three total? Right. He won. Two, I think he won twice. I think he won twice. I know he won twice in a row. I think he had a third earlier. He in did have year. a third. He, he had a third, third one in 06? Yeah, he was third. That's right. That's right. All right, so that's a quick analysis of the Jake Paul and Nate Robinson fight. It was a complete and total shit show, to say the least. Um, Nate Robinson's dreads fell to the mat two seconds after he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so How would you we, feel if you got knocked out by a YouTuber? If you were a professional <laughs> athlete and got knocked out by and a YouTuber? And not just on, any YouTuber, Jake Paul. Well, a yeah. scumbag, no disrespect, but he is a scumbag. Well, no offense to Jake Paul, but, uh, you know, he's calling, who's, is he the one calling out Conor McGregor? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's going to get his ass back. kicked good. by Conor, I'm sorry. Good luck with that. Conor will kill his that. ass in about two seconds. Oi, don't fuck with the Irish flair, lad. Dude, don't Connor fuck with me Irish fight. brother, if you know what I mean. Alright, it's enough of that. Dude, me and Conor are probably a long-lost brother that we never knew. I mean, it makes sense because you two, are, because you do have a very Irish last name. Mm, hell yeah! All right, so um, our teams played last week. All of our teams played last week. Um, half of your team played, Ryan. The half of the Ravens did play. I squad quarter backup receiver played. Yeah, that counts. I mean, Mike did play. Got thirteen yards. Um, I had a shit show of a win. In Philadelphia, and then there's I want Jimmy. Money on that, thank you. And then there's Jimmy. Uh, you're welcome. And then there's Jimmy and his Bengals. Yeah, it's. Uh, oh, my condolences, much. my friend. My I condolences. Yeah, you lost money. You lost, money. You lost a lot game. of money on that. 
Yeah, Burrow actually did just get uh, – they said his surgery went well, and he's going to make a full recovery. So I'm not That's even great. worried about next season. I'm actually glad that he got guys. hurt so he doesn't have to take any more of a beating. Yes. That was that was getting uncalled for. That yeah. was almost assault. At I point. mean, Mike Brown – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy. Mike Brown is the de facto general manager of the Bengals, right? They don't have a true GM. No, Mike Brown is the basically the owner. I think he labels himself the president, but – He's he's the owner of the team founder, what a piece so, of or the shit. son of the team founder. So he's the owner, general manager, head scout. I think he employs one scout in the entire. What a piece of shit! <laughs> I'm sorry. Gonzada said that when uh, he got drafted there, they had to share jock straps and bring their own Gatorade to NFL practice. Oh, for God's sakes, man! Yeah, so uh, that's that's great. I can't wait for him to pass the team along at some point because then, since I mean Cincinnati's not. A big market, but it's a it's a bigger market than people think. It's a bigger market than people think. Well, I mean, it's so close to Kentucky. There's tons of people in Northern Kentucky that love the Bengals too, and they just make the quick drive up. I think they cross a bridge and they're in Cincinnati, Ohio. So that helps. It's a bad situation, but it's not the worst thing that could happen. And Brandon Allen. I I mean, I like Brandon Allen. Last year when he played for the Broncos, I watched him a couple times. He's got wheels. Games are always on in Denver, no matter what. Um, and, and I think he, he, he'll be fine. I mean, he's going to be good enough that the Bengals are going to secure a top five pick. And who knows, maybe they steal a game or two from a team that will get pissed off about it later. I'm hoping they beat the Steelers. I, I would love to be the one in the Steelers 15-1 record. Please, please, to the football gods, please. Let there no longer be another cocky Steeler fan base outside of our good friend Ellie. Please, oh, man. please. Um, it's one of the toughest fan bases to actually talk to. They're so bad. Oh, yeah. But uh, who who else? Uh, yeah, Ryan was. Uh, good God, Ryan! What happened? What happened to the Ravens? So the game or the COVID situation? Everything. <laughs> okay, so let me take you back to Monday. Monday. Um, so Sunday we lost to the Titans. Monday, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram test positive for COVID. Okay. It's like, okay, whatever. Tuesday, we get more positives. Wednesday, we get more positives. They move the game back from Thursday to Sunday. Thursday, we get more positives, including one MVP Lamar Jackson. Friday, more positives. They move the game to Tuesday. Saturday, positives. Sunday, positives. Monday, we get another positive. But at this point, the outbreak is over. But they move the game to Wednesday. Not at 8 o'clock, but at 3.40. Wow, <laughs> Woo! Tuesday. I think that was the first day they didn't have positives, which is good. Wednesday, they play an ugly AFC North game. And I know the final score was 19-14. to 14. I don't really count it like that. I count it 19-7 to 7 because Pittsburgh forgot how to tackle Marquise Brown for some reason. Also, so, the I, pass was thrown by... I interrupt, huh? interrupt you. Also, the pass okay. was thrown by Penn State great Trace McSorley. Yes, you're welcome. True. He threw it on a dime without even trying, and but she does that. Went for six. Yeah, he does um, that. Although I hope he never plays another down for us. Uh, Why? So that was. Uh, I didn't look. Didn't look great. No. Uh, his first throw was a five yard out into the dirt. I think I can make that throw. Um, uh, hey, take a look back at Nate Robinson and tell me again if you can be a professional athlete. No, I'm not saying I can. Like, I'm not saying I can have it accurate. I'm just saying I can throw it further than five yards. I got you. So his first throw was a five-yard out. It went into the dirt like two yards in front of the receiver. That was a bad throw. After that, he had one that should have been picked off by Minka Fitzpatrick. And for the first time in my life, I watched Minka Fitzpatrick drop an interception because he has incredible interception luck. Um, And then he finds Marquise Brown, first down, the first passing first down and only passing first down for Baltimore the entire game. It came with three minutes to go. Marquise Brown flies by Joe Hayden, who was trying for a second interception of the game then turned Terrell Edmonds into a top, and then turned Mika Fitzpatrick into Miami Mika Fitzpatrick, who we scored a touchdown on last year. So for those counting at home, Marquise Brown against Mika Fitzpatrick, three touchdowns for Marquise Brown. Have you play there, Ryan? Have you play? Yes. Uh, Mike, Denver also had some incredibly shitty luck. Wear a mask in your in your meeting room. Wear a mask. Yes, and and, so and if you're, if you're Blake Borrell, stop doing dip. Vic Vangio, and Vic Vangio pointed that out, which 
he actually he absolutely nailed it. Uh, that was irresponsible from both practically off, you know, to Drew to to Brett to uh, Jeff to to Brett um, to um, Broyles, Bortles. Um, they all should wear a mask. You just gotta wear a mask. Whether that whether they do or don't work, I, who cares about that part? But now wear a mask and stay six feet apart. But uh, needless to say, that did not happen, and we got the privilege of seeing. Uh, Kendall Hinton uh, make his first start, former Wake Forest quarterback, and well, the rest is history. He he had two interceptions and threw for 13 yards. So the only pass was to Nora Fink. So didn't yeah. complete a pass till the second half, right? Ooh, yeah, correct. First guy since Tebow to do that. Yeah. I want some money on that day. So that's that's. You lost a lot of money, so, Ryan. Uh, you lost a lot of money on bets. No, like I, I once. I want some money this week. And uh, so, yeah, rough day for Denver in front of a fanless crowd, but the upset uh, fan base, to say the least. Well, I hope South Park was booing if Drew Locke was on the field. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm over Drew Locke. I'm over Fangio. I don't think Fangio should have came out and said anything no. because, you know, he got fined. He got the team yep. fined, and he got fined a million dollars earlier in the year for not wearing a mask. So Could he you? really can't talk. Could you make the argument that Vangio should have never been the Broncos head coach from the get-go? Yeah. Uh, you I can make the mark. Um, I still think it's probably him or Mike Munchak was going to be the top two, I'm sure. I that would have preferred Munchak. plan was bringing another defensive coordinator to help with, with this defense that's, in my opinion, it's it's improving slowly. It's a really good defense. A really good yeah. defense. And so, uh, with no Ron Yeah. You need an offensive so. guy. My vote is, okay, if the Broncos do part ways with Vic Vangio, the first guy who I think you should call is in Tennessee, Arthur Smith. Ooh. That would be the I most... I don't think it will be this year. I think, if, I think if we have another... I think Elway will get by this year with Vangio. I think next year is going to be his... How many chances is Elway going to get, realistically speaking? When you win two Super Bowls, when you win two Super Bowls, it's it's difficult. Yeah, you talked about how many chances are we gonna get? Yeah. Oh, I think he'll be there till the day he dies, unless he gets different ownership that says "fuck this," we're gonna we're gonna clean house. Yeah, but the only way is that that's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, I think I would agree with that because I mean (laughs) what he's done with the Broncos and then the Peyton thing as well. So he basically. Has three Super Bowls to his name, and then like half a dozen AFC title games too. Yeah, he's, that's a good point there. Okay, I'll shut up. Now. Yeah, I don't see unless they flat out get different ownership that wants to clean house and make a different look for Denver. Yeah, no, he's he's there till the day he dies. All right. I had a very uh, interesting game in Philadelphia. God, whose whose sound is that? That was mine. Uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm in the middle of a full house, by the way. I, I live with my parents. I just graduated college. I'm only 23. I haven't bought my own house. Hey, 23 myself, my man. Nice. Right on. All right, so I had a very interesting game in Philadelphia for uh, the Seahawks, uh, to say the least. I don't know what to think of that game. The defense is improving. The defense is vastly improving from where they were a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The offense has taken, you know, a step back, but uh, they get Josh Gordon back in a few weeks. Um, they get Rashad Penny back next week, which is awesome, as you need that versatility at running back. You can't just have Chris Carson running it 40 times a game. Right. You just can't. You need that versatility, and Penny is very good in the passing game. Um, David Moore's been good. Metcalf's been awesome. Uh Sorry to Jim Schwartz uh, for having your best corner get become Burt Toast, courtesy of Big DK Metcalf. Uh, Lockett hasn't, you know, put up the numbers he has been earlier in the year, but he's still been productive, to say the least. The tight ends need to be more productive, but let's talk about Philadelphia. What happened to Carson Wentz? Um, I have a pretty, I guess, easy answer to that. Uh, his mechanics weren't very good to begin with, and they've gotten worse. Nope. Yep. Um, <laughs> did like, we talk about this on the last show? Uh, I don't recall. I think we did. But 
it look yeah he looks like he's gotten infinitely worse <laughs> because there's no comp when once Nick Foles was delved he has no competition I don't so think it's like, Nick Foles fuck. anymore I don't think it's Nick don't... Foles anymore that's the well, thing okay take it back to 2017 Foles wasn't threatening Wentz at all like at that point Foles was a backup like a true backup quarterback that had been on the Rams been on the Chiefs been all over the place and he was just there because he knew the system. He's not, like, pressuring Wentz at all, and Wentz is the MVP of the NFL for 14 weeks. I, I think Wentz has lost his confidence, and it's taken him a while. That injury, he hasn't been the same since the injury. And then the receivers the year after deciding that if Wentz throws a ball, they're going to drop it no matter what. Uh, Nelson Aguilar. I think if you're going to put the sole blame on somebody for Carson Wentz losing his confidence, it's Nelson Aguilar because now look at him where he is. He's able to catch whatever. Like, the mental aspect of the game is so much more important than people give it credit. Yep. And when you were an MVP caliber quarterback playing so well and then you blow your ACL, you think you're going to come back and, and the next year is going to be your comeback year. Your receivers aren't helping you out. Your offensive line isn't helping you out. You're getting your ass kicked again. Uh, I mean, I think that he's just seeing – it's, it's, he could probably go somewhere, fix whatever mechanical stuff he has to if he has a little bit of confidence. I guess he, it's, he's probably going to be Nick Foles 2.0. He's going to go somewhere as a backup, get a chance to play on a, on a crazy run and, and make himself some history, but he's not. I think that his time in Philadelphia is very short. All right, so I got another one for you. What if it's coaching and the injuries? And I'll explain coaching, and I'll explain coaching after I explain the injuries. Look at his offensive line. He's got a fossil at left tackle in Jason Peters. Jason Kelsey's, what, 32? Yes. That's old for a center. Oh, yeah. Brandon He's Brooks. Decent. Brandon Brooks, one of the best guards in the league, out for the year with an Achilles. Lane Johnson hasn't been the same. I mean. Lane Johnson's off the juice now. <laughs> yes, my man. Yeah. Um, His receivers have been hurt. Deshaun Jackson hasn't played a snap since being traded to the Eagles again. Alshon yeah. Jeffrey has been garbage. Jalen Rager, who I love that pick, by the way. I still love that pick. I still like that I pick. Liked the pick. pick. I like the pick. I like Rager was my wide receiver eight in the draft. So I would have taken I would have taken Lavishka Chenault there, but Jefferson is the obvious pick. T. Higgins. I mean, I like Rager's speed, but Rager is a speed demon in the slot. I saw him a little bit at TCU. He was very good in the slot. It, it kind of comes down to what kind of receiver you wanted because Rager's a good slot, but then you look what Justin Jefferson did once the Vikings moved him from the slot to an X. So if you wanted a, a game-changing outside receiver, Justin Jefferson. If you wanted a guy who could probably change the game from the slot with his speed, it would be Rager. Um, and I think Peterson Peterson likes those quick, fast guys. And Peterson seems like the kind of guy who wants to seem like he's smarter than everybody else. I, and let's I understand, think, and I'll get to coaching. I'll, let me get to coaching also. And, I'll, and this is what people haven't really been talking about. Who was once his offensive coordinator and quarterback coach in 2017 that no one's talking about? Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Frank Reich is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Who was his quarterback coach? I got no I'll tell you. Filippo? John Filippo. You are right, Ryan. Who it was? John Filippo. Those two are gone. Look what happened. No one's talking about that. Well, coaching makes a difference. Coaching makes a gigantic difference. Ask Drew Locke, he knows. Look at the New York. Okay, I hate to. Drew break Locke's it. got his own problems. We don't have to talk. About okay, it. for God's <laughs> sake, both of you. Let, let's look at the, let's look at the New York Islanders, for example. The New York Islanders, uh, when Doug Witt was there, when Doug Witt and Jack Capuano were their head coaches, what they they couldn't do anything. They won, you know, somewhat, but they also didn't know. Discipline. They didn't know the fundamentals of the game. Barry Trotz comes in, best defense in all of hockey, conference finals in two years. Coaching matters. And people, and the NBA especially, coaching matters. You can't just have, you know, two star players in the NBA and expect, you know, things to go right. Unless you, I mean, unless you have LeBron. I mean, not even LeBron. I mean, the same thing with the Lakers. I mean, who's Frank Vogel's not a bad coach. Oh, I'm not. He's not a bad. I wouldn't say he's a bad coach. He's not. He's, a, he's, he's a perfectly fine coach. I he's a good he's coach. A good coach. 
But like the 07 Cavs, Mike Brown's not a very good coach, and they went to the finals. Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra. a great coach. Spolstra Eric Spolstra's the best coach in the NBA. Fight me. Ooh. Fight me. Uh, I mean, Pop, Carlisle. Look at Michael look at Malone, his team. Michael Malone. Don't forget Michael Malone. I'm outside give, of I'm Jimmy Butler. Outside like of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who are who's on the Heat? Well, Dragic was good. Dragic is good, yes. Good. But still, um, he. Dra- but look at this. The Heat have always been competitive in every single game in every single season since Spolster has been the coach. With he's been able to work more with less. The New York Islanders have have obscure. I'm speaking. Of this as a fan. They have one top 50 player on that entire team, Matt Barzell. The rest of the team, bona fide scrubs. Look at them. They're one of the they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. But yes, go, absolutely. Going back to my point of the Eagles, Doug Peterson. I like Peterson. I think if he were to get fired by the Eagles, he would find a job within a few days. Howie Roseman, same thing, except within seconds. You can. Wentz is going to get both of them fired. That's if they were smart, they should part ways with him while they still can. The issue is the contract. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's ugly. It's bad. The wrong it's quarterback bad. in the NFC East got paid. That's for sure. The wrong quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFC East got paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's also Alex Smith, but. Daniel Jones is hurt now, so bummer. And then there's Dak Prescott. I was talking about Dak. Actually, yeah, yeah. his contract. But Dak was an idiot. I'm, I'm sorry, but Dak was an idiot to, to not take the money. He was. He was an idiot. But but I understand to bet on yourself with the franchise tag and get the 45 or 40 plus million that you wanted. But if it's Jerry Jones, when is he going to offer? I mean. I said this to Mike. I said this to Jason uh, a few episodes back. Had Tony mm-hmm. had Tony Romo been the quarterback of the Cowboys still, he would have gotten that money easily. But who knows? I mean, you know Jerry. He loves Tony Romo. Loves him. Loves him like a son. Well, Jerry Jones is the issue of the Dallas Cowboys. Thank you. Jerry Jones might be... Might be two on the list of top worst owners in the NFL. Mike Brown might be one. Jerry Jones is two. Yeah. Yeah. Until Jerry Jones can fill <clears throat> his other spots that he has in the in, in his own control, Dallas would continue to struggle. All right. Even so. Though, uh, yeah, All right. So. Oh, yeah. Do you guys want to play a game? Let's do it. All right. So. There's a new segment that we're doing here on Time to BS Podcast. Now, Kyle, our resident conspiracy theorist here, uh, has a little segment called Weird Sports Stories, where he where he tells us a couple, uh, one or two weird sports stories that he randomly finds throughout the internet because he can. I have a little thing called Dan's Quiz, where I'm going to ask all three of you, where I'm going to ask the three of you guys three questions. They're all great questions. Now, here are the rules. You get two guesses each, and this is going to kill Ryan. You cannot use the internet. Okay. Well, I won HQ today without using the internet again, so. <laughs> okay, that helps. All right. You guys ready? Sure. All right, so this this one, this first one's going to be a little bit easy, but you might be able to figure it out or, or not. There are 24 games in NFL history of which a quarterback has passed for 500 yards or more. The most is still an NFL record, 554 in 1951 by then Rams quarterback Norm Van Brocklin. Who is the only player in NFL history to have three games of 500 passing yards? Dan Marino. So who goes first? Uh, Jimmy goes first. Dan, I, I'm going to go with my first guess is Dan Marino. Mike? That was my first guess, yeah. Dan Marino. Ryan? Uh, he, did it, did it get, he did it against us, Mr. Ben Roethlisberger. Ryan is correct. Remember that I'm in a group chat Rapist with Steelers Burger, fans. not Roethlisberger. Rapist oh, Burger. shut up, Jimmy. <laughs> Rapist Burger. 
Oh, be quiet. Yep. Alright, so Ben Roethlisberger did three times in 2009, 2014, and 2017. One of those yeah, times was, a, was against the Ravens. the Ravens. Yes. 39-38 Sunday Night Football. We blew a 12-point lead with nine minutes to play. Great game, though. Great game. Great game. I don't know why it ended on a Flacco fumble, because I know if the Steelers fumbled it out of bounds, the clock would have stopped. Alright, right, here's, <laughs> right, here's, oh, here's one's a little tougher, but... It's in one of your realms, baseball. Out of 305 no-hitters in the history of baseball, name the four players to have three or more no-hitters with the same team. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Ryan, go first. Uh, I'm going to roll with Sandy Koufax, four no-hitters with the Dodgers. That's one of them. One with a perfect game, too. All right. Jimmy, you're next. Uh, Nolan Ryan, did he get get more than that with the Rangers? Uh, Nolan Ryan is correct, but wrong team. He has seven though. He has not with the Rangers, but he, I'll, I'll tell you, he's got four with the California Angels. I honestly didn't even know he played anywhere other than Texas. There you go. Um, and now you're never gonna get this one. Here's the third. Who's the third one? Mike, you're up. You're never gonna get this. I probably couldn't even tell you truthfully. All right, take I think a, I can get one more. Take a guess, Ryan. Is it Bob Feller? Unbelievable! I, got, I, I got hate another, this kid. Oh, I hate this kid. Is that the last one? He's yes. It is Nolan Ryan with the California Angels, who did four times. Sandy Koufax with the Dodgers four times, and Bob Feller with the Cleveland Indians three times. Uh, actually, no. There's one more. There's one more. Uh, Jimmy, you're up. I, hate I was going to guess Roy Halladay because he's a local Colorado guy. I know he's throwing yeah. a lot of no-hitters. Rest in peace, Roy Halladay. Two, one, with, uh, one with Toronto and a perfect game with – oh, I guess he did have two yeah. with Philly. This is why I call Ryan a walking encyclopedia. He knows his shit. Hey, he had two in the same year with Philly, and he had uh, one in the playoffs. Mike, you're up. Who's the fourth guy? Seattle said Jimmy. Was it Roy Halladay? Ryan. Yes. Uh, well, I don't think it's Roy Holiday. Uh, I can take a stab at Cy Young. You are all incorrect. Larry Kokoran with the Chicago Cubs. He did it three times. Probably in the 1880s, right? No, actually later than that. Later. Huh. All right. Really? Here's the Here's the last question. This one's going to be hard. The Hart Trophy is the NHL League MVP and is awarded to the best and most prestigious player in, in the NHL. But defensemen rarely win the award. Who is the only defenseman in NHL history to win the Hart Trophy four times? Who's going first? Ryan, you're up. Screw it. Uh, I swear if you get this right. Okay, so... I would usually say Nicholas Lidstrom, but that's too close, and there's too many offensive guys. And probably before Bobby Orr, uh, I'm going to take a stab at Eddie Shore. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> Your brain is too large. God. You suck. He's right. Oh, man. Eddie Shore won it with the Boston Bruins in 1932, 35, 37, and 39. I got to remind myself to not have Ryan on the show when I plan to do this game. Or at least do me last, because like two out of the three rounds, I went first, so it's a little unfair. Yeah. Because like, if I get it first, then there's... there's oh, God. There's no fun in that. All right. Let's... Okay. Uh, Jimmy, you're up. Who are the only two NFL players to win Defensive Player of the Year and score on both sides of the ball? I know J.J. Watts won. Uh, I don't know. I mean, my second guess is Charles Woodson just because I know he played Mm -hmm. offense in college, so he could have scored on offense. I can't remember if they ever – Put him on offense when he was in the NFL, but that's my those are my two. I know JJ Watts won. Deion Sanders, nineteen ninety four. That's, that's about prime. 
Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. Not a lot of people remember that. Uh, Who's another good one? Who's another good one I have? Well, oh man, this is this is gonna be fun. I I like this game so far. I just hate Ryan involved in this. (laughs) 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 Remind me to uh yeah never have Ryan uh involved with this. But yet I think Nolan Ryan is the actually who is the only pitcher in baseball history to have two perfect games. Mike, you're up. I don't know, so I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna say someone just to say it. Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens is not. I think he's on the list. I don't think so. Roger Clemens is not on the list. He did. He never threw a perfect game. That's actually shocking. It is shocking. Yeah. Wow. I don't think he threw a no hitter either. He. I. I don't think he did either. Wow. No wonder he's not in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, other reason why he's not. Wow. I'm yeah. sorry, fellow Yankee brethren. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh no pitcher has ever thrown more than one. That's a stupid question, actually. Wow. I'm <laughs> I'm just doing this on the fly because Ryan's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, I love it. Alright. Uh Alright. I got another one. This actually might be uh, Ryan's eliminated from this question. Okay. All right. I can go third. Who are the only twelve players to eclipse twenty sacks in NFL history? Jimmy, you're up. Michael Strahan. Well, that's the obvious. Yeah. Um. Sure, Vaughn. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if Vaughn has. Aaron has did uh, Chandler Jones do it a couple years ago, or did he win with 19 and a half? 19, 19 even. Yeah. Um. It feels like I mean, if it's in all of NFL history, Deacon Jones maybe, because I know that he was he was a terror back in the in the 70s. Vaughn Norris' um, career high, by the way, is 18 and a half in 2012. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, You're gonna love this. Deacon Jones has actually never eclipsed 20 sacks in his career. Well, in fairness, sacks only were officially. Well, yes, yeah, so in 1982. 1982. Yes, thank you, Encyclopedia. Yeah. Piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, if there's 12, I'm not gonna be able to name all 12. I was gonna say, do you want me and Jimmy kind of go back and forth and see who can make it eliminate? One player has done it twice. That gives it away. Demarcus Ware. No. Same state. J.J. Watt. Yes, 2013, 2012 and 14. Mr. Tryhard. Not, <laughs> eh, not really. Also, uh, 1986 NFL MVP Lawrence Taylor did it, did it in, uh, with 20 and a half. Didn't Reggie White do it? Reggie White did I, do it in, 19, in 1987. In 1987 with, 20, with 21. Who's, who's the most else? who's the most recent one to do it? Ooh. Ryan, I'm, I'm shocked you don't know this. Oh, I know I know who it is. I'm just waiting. Aaron Donald is like a guy who keeps popping up in my yes, head. Yes, Aaron Donald did it with the when the Rams last went to the Super Bowl with twenty with twenty and a half. Do you want the whole list? I can name some Justin guys. Houston. Justin Houston did it in twenty fourteen with twenty two. Uh, Jared Allen did it with uh, Minnesota. 2011. Uh, Mark Gaston on the... Did we say Lawrence Taylor? 84. Yeah, we did say Lawrence Taylor. 886. I think Mark Gaston. Demarcus Ware got it in 2008. What about uh, Derek Thomas? 1990. 
What about uh, Demarcus Lawrence? Has he done it yet? Nope. He got close. One no, he didn't. Remember. Okay, I'm gonna take a stab. It was a guy on like the late '80s Vikings, and those teams had like. I hate you so much, right? John Randall. No. Also uh, Hall of Famer. Chris Dolman. Yes. Chris Dolman. Yes. God. Remind Mike. Remind me, please, to never get Ryan on on this stupid game. Will do. I'll take you. Chris Dolman is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the second you said late 80s Vikings, I was like, I fucked. <laughs> because I did some research because like, the, this year's Steelers have had a sack in 68 oh my God. games as well. This, this era Steelers. 68 straight games. That was on the MVP broadcast. And I was like, okay, who has the most sacks ever? And it's like the mid-80s Bears, but ironically not the 85 Bears, and like the late 80s Vikings. So, Chris Coleman. All right. Name Wayne Gretzky statistics for his 1987 Hart Trophy season. Yeah, I have no idea. Unless this is the one that he had 215 points. Outside of that, I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't even... even How many points did he have? There we go. 1984, excuse me. Um, Lord, I'm starting to drift off here. I have, I had three questions planned. I'd have going twelve. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. No problem. <laughs> Do I want me to tell you guys? This is crazy uh, when you think of this. Is this the two fifteen? Uh, two hundred and eight. He had seventy three goals and one hundred and thirty five assists. For 208 points in 1984. <laughs> By the way, sweeping the Islanders in the 84 final. You're welcome. Rest in peace bastards. to five feet. Yeah. What's up? Rest in peace to five feet. I mean, the last five feet was in the 70s with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, but if the Isles had won in 84, they would the Islanders. Yeah, the Islanders would have been the only team in NHL history to are still the only team in NHL history to have 19 consecutive playoff series victories in a row. Which is never going to be broken. I'm sorry. Which I, I think is one of the most impressive, it's, probably it's, the most impressive NHL record. It's going to be unbreakable. I mean, you, I mean, the, the goals record by Gretzky is going to be broken eventually. His points will be touched. Unless if Connor McDavid somehow turns into God mode for these next 15 years. Mm-hmm. Why are we yeah, talking about Connor McDavid when Nathan McKinnon still plays? Nathan McKinnon's going to catch it before anybody else. Oh, yeah. All right. Avs fan, I see. Have no future. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Oh. I'm so happy Claude Lemieux did that. Uh, man. We won't be able to talk hockey if he's a Red Wings fan. Sorry, Ryan. Yeah, I just met you, but. I mean, hockey is not my forte. Hockey is hockey is not your forte, but you are a dead wings fan, though. Yeah. Unfortunately. I, I, yeah. Like I have a penance for all the NHL teams, and it's really sad when I have the Red Wings in eighth place in the uh, metro, the Metro Division, Atlantic uh, Division, Atlantic. Atlantic. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. No problem. Hockey nut job. Oh, I was supposed to get the Islanders logo tattooed on my bicep, but I think, but I, uh, I figured I'd wait a little bit longer. <laughs> no, I swear, I swear, I was supposed to get the Islanders logo uh, tattooed on my uh, my inner bicep, but uh, I wanted to wait a little bit because I have another tattoo that Ryan I, sh- I uh, posted on U Stadium. Yes, you did. Yeah, the uh, the autism awareness ribbon. I've wanted to get that for uh, for a while. And then it's going to say one piece at a time above it and the below it. It's going to look good. It's going to be on my shoulder right here. I'm getting it yeah. done uh, next week. I'm pumped. So pumped. Nice. All the right. So they get to the tip of the shoulder, it hurts, by the way. No, oh, the elbow is going to. gets to the top, right? It's, it's not fun. As, as I've, I've learned as you get towards bone, it's going to hurt like a bitch and a half. Yeah, and then the shoulder has so many nerves and stuff connecting it since there's so many muscles. It's just. 
That was the worst part of my like, one on my own. Do you plan on getting a sleeve? Yeah. Yeah, my man. Yeah. I already got everything planned out. Just waiting on the funds. Good. Yeah. All right. So before we uh, actually, we have one more topic before we get to our picks. Uh, the Russell Westbrook trade. What happened there? <laughs> what, exactly what exactly did Houston get in return? They got John Wall in a first round pick, a 2023 first round pick. Soft, soft reboot, soft rebuild. That's a Houston. stupid trade. I'm sorry. Stupid for who? Both teams. Well, Westbrook goes back to Washington. Well, not goes back to Washington. He goes to Washington where he's familiar with Scott Brooks's system, which helps him out. Which yeah. helps Washington out. Yeah, that helps. That helps. Westbrook and Beal, that's interesting. That's Very a good backcourt when you think of it. That's it should a... have been a good backcourt now in Oklahoma City. But, Bradley uh, Beal could score 50 on any given night. True. He got better to help than he did with Harden. Mr. No defense dribble all the time. Uh, Harden plays defense. Harden had a bad rap. Nope. 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 You're not starting this. He's an elite post defender. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. They needed to get somebody who didn't want the ball as much as Harden on Harden's team. All right. That's why, they gave it, that's why they wanted John Wall, probably. Okay. Let's make our picks. So, we have five games to pick out before we close out the show. Uh, I, I picked up I picked up the games. Uh, our two resident Bills fans could not make it tonight. So, uh, they will be in spirit with us. Uh, but here we are. Let's start with the first game in our Time to BS picks. Rams and Cardinals. Cardinals. That's a good game. And Best division in football. Yeah. I think I think it's in L. Uh, is it in LA? Is it in Phoenix. I, I think it's in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's gonna be a short turnaround for San Francisco Monday night. Yeah. At least for the field. Yeah. This is true. Um. This is tough because they're both division rivals. I want both in the in a friendly neighborhood. I want both to lose. I will go with the Cardinals. It is in Arizona, and the Rams have had a very difficult time against good teams. Okay, uh, I'm gonna roll with the Rams. I think defensively, the Rams are playing very well right now. Um, they went to Tampa, beat Tampa. Uh, played well against Seattle. Seattle explosive offense held to 16 points. I know there's the division there, but I, I think the Rams prevail, get just enough out of Goff, just enough out of the running game, and I think they win by a touchdown. Mike, what do you got? Cardinals, I think K1 and DeAndre Hopkins and company will take care of them on the offense. Not surprised, Mike, go with his Oklahoma broad. Hey, K1's playing, dude. Yes, yes. All right. Next one. And Vance Joseph, surprisingly, actually has a decent defense out there. Yeah, he does. Without Chandler Jones, too. I'm picking the Cardinals in that one, too, just because I think Goff is inconsistent. All right. I, I don't don't trust him. Next one. Steelers at Washington. <laughs> trap game. It is a trap game. Trap game. The Steelers play down to the competition every time. And they'll still win, I think. I think it'll be close. Pittsburgh will win, but they're going to struggle. It's going to be close. Washington has a defense. Yeah, yeah and Pittsburgh's offense sucks ass. Thank you. I wouldn't go that far. They have a lot of talent. Yeah. They ball. suck ass. They suck just as bad as they did last year. They just don't have a quarterback who will turn it over five times. Mm-hmm. Well, Okay. If you're using, like, the Ravens game as an example, Baltimore is a really good defense. What about Jacksonville? 27 points against Jacksonville? I mean, 27 points in an NFL game is fine. Like, it's not, that's not raising alarms. It should be. Against the second-worst team in the league? I mean, yes, but... I but let's be fair here. Jackson, let's, let's be... Hold points. on. Time out. Let's be fair here. Jacksonville is... Play- too, by the way. It was in Pittsburgh. No, it was, in, it was in Jacksonville. The Jaguars play competitive every game, it seems like. Am I wrong? They had been super competitive for a while, and then the wheels kind of came off against Pittsburgh. All right, so who do we got? I got Washington. I have Pittsburgh. I got Pittsburgh, but I'm going to tell you one thing. Washington's going to make a game out of this. Yeah. 
I, I, I hope they take Ben Roethlisberger's legs out too while they're I, at it. I have faith in Smithy Boy. Even though Mason Rudolph sucks though too as backup. <laughs> Oklahoma State blood, I see. <laughs> well, Rudolph is legitimately hey. bad at football, so there's that. Yeah, it's true. It's probably hey. OSU's a little brother. That's why they have a second tier talent. It's probably a, it's probably from the head trauma. Jeez. Never know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I had to do we got, that. We got outscored that game by Duck Hodges. <laughs> like after Rudolph got like injured, the Steelers outscored the Ravens the rest of the way. So. Uh, all right, we got a nice good game down in the in the uh, in the deep south. Uh, these are always good games. Falcons and Saints in Atlanta. Taysom Hill's still starting. Is a Falcons um, backup spring um, practice practice squad being quarterback for Atlanta? I will take the Falcons for the sake of the, for the sake of playoff seating. And who knows who knows what who knows what I'm talking about? Who currently is the number two seed in the NFC? This guy. Seattle. <laughs> yes, this guy. Eight and three. Why do you guys have the tiebreaker over Green Bay? We I don't know. I think okay. it's I think it's division. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure with that. I'm going with Falcons. Thank you. Even that's gonna be a good game. That'll be a Saints fun game. Saints yeah. Saints Falcons are always fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I will take New Orleans. I'm not gonna bet on it, but I would take I'm taking New Orleans because Quan Alexander and Demario Davis showed up last week. And those, those two are going to play. That line, those, those, that linebacking core is going to be the reason they make it. Plus, you know, Cam Jordan, Mal- Malcolm Jenkins, Marshawn Lattimore. Taysom Hill might not be able to score much, but they won't need to. The Saints held the Bucks to three points, too. So, I mean, the, the Saints defense is going to carry them. We got a heavyweight fight over in, uh, over in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, home of the temporary home of the 49ers. The 49ers play host to the Church of Josh Allen and the and Dem Buffalo Bills. Uh, who do we got, boys? I'm taking the Bills. I'm gonna go with the Bills too. Um, 49ers are scrappy. I think this is gonna be a close game too. Kyle Shanahan is a hell of a head coach. I think he he should be in the running for coach of the year because he's he's done this a couple times where he's like bandaged offenses together and still somehow scored yeah but um i don't don't think if the bills defense will show up fully it's not going to be close but i think the bills have it either way mike who do you got i'm going upset 49ers Mm, the church of josh allen is disappointed with you brother yeah i'm going upset. i think this is their Maybe this could be their key game that saved the season. If Kyle was listening to us, he'd be, he'd be pissed. And so, no, would, be, and so would Mikey. Both of them would be pissed. Ryan? Uh, to beat San Francisco this year, you need elite quarterback play. I think Josh Allen will get the Bills elite quarterback play. I'll take the Bills by seven. All right. Last game. Another heavyweight fight, this time in the, in the entirety of the, of the AFC. Both teams are eight and three. The Titans on the road in Cleveland to face them dogs and the Browns. Who do we got, lads? Who do we got? Starting with Ryan. Oh, uh, so everyone's going to talk about uh, Nick Chubb versus Derrick Henry, and for good reason. But I want to focus on Jarvis Landry versus AJ Brown. AJ Brown has really turned it on the last few weeks. He had a monstrous touchdown against the Ravens, and he had a huge 69-yard touchdown run. Nice. nice. Against the, <laughs> yeah, against the Colts last week. Jarvis Landry was unbelievable against Jacksonville. He was PFF's highest-graded receiver, yes, even over Tyree Kill. And I think that's the being able to make plays in the air is going to be the difference because Chubb and Henry are, for all intents and purposes, the same in their game-wrecking abilities. So... I'm going to lean with Tennessee, A.J. Brown, Jonu Smith. I think they make enough plays. I don't trust Cleveland's secondary. I don't think Denzel Ward is going to be 100% healthy. So, And I don't think Garrett's going to be 100% healthy. So roll with Tennessee by nine. I'm going to go back in time here to the, to the draft that Nick Chubb was drafted. Who was taken two spots prior to the Browns taking Nick Chubb? Malik, McDow- Malik McDowell. Uh, Sorry to the that. Seahawks. 
And he hasn't played it down, has he? Hasn't played a snap at all. He is out of the league. It's bad. It's really bad. I'm going to go with the Browns. Um, I think the Browns uh, realistically have a better offensive line. I think their pass rush is phenomenal. I think they're defensively they're going to get after Ryan Tannebaum or Tannehill, however the hell you want to call him. Um, I mean, he's a still a good quarterback, but not worth $33 million per year. Um I, I like the two-headed... I love the two-headed monster of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Baker Mayfield bring the Oklahoma boy proud over there, Mike. Uh, I think he's going to outplay Ryan Tannehill. He's going to outplay Ryan Tannehill. I think the Browns win, do win, but in overtime on uh, a classic Rose Bowl matchup, 41-38. That's a reference right there for those of you who get that. USC, Texas? Yes. Yeah, but thank you very much for that one. Yeah. I had to. I'm sorry, Mike. Jimmy, you're up. I'm going to go with Tennessee. I trust Tannehill to play better than Baker, and King Henry's King Henry. Um, And that defense is starting to come on a little bit, too. Clowney took a while to get going. Rayshon Evans and, uh, I can't remember, Jayon Brown. Uh, the linebackers for them are pretty good, too. It, it, it all comes down to how well you're coached, and I trust Rabel more than I trust, trust uh, Stefanski. the Browns head coach. Yeah, Stefanski. Mike, who do you got? Did you pick? <clears throat> no, I like uh, Cleveland this one. I think uh, the two-headed monster and Hunt and uh, Chubb is going to be the key maker. I think Cleveland defensive line gets to ten here quite a bit, and I think Baker will have a – Pretty de- I ain't gonna say he's having a great game, but he'll have a decent game enough to get the win. I think for the last month, Baker's like the fifth or sixth best quarterback by a PFF, so there's that. Oh, for God's sake, you and your pro football focus. I, I don't use it very often, but <laughs> a, Browns fan, a Browns fan asked me today, hey, how's Baker doing? And he's like, he's like the sixth best quarterback in the last month. <laughs> oh, completely forgot. Dan's quiz is, uh, sp- is brought to you by or sponsored by fanatics.com. Hey, do you want the best gear at the best prices? You know you do. Don't lie to me, Mike. Don't lie. Get your favorite gear today at fanatics.com. There's some great deals going on, lads. Check it out. All right. Great show. I'll tell you that. That was uh, that was fun, especially with Ryan pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for joining us for this episode of Time to BS Podcast. If you like our stuff, be sure to check out our other shows, including our episodes of Bullshit Sessions. Uh, they're podcasts exclusive, only on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can check us out every Friday every Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time at unhingedsn.com. Uh, special thanks to Jimmy for coming on. Jimmy, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning Uh, in, guys. And I hope to see you all in the near future. 